Hello and welcome to The Trusted Advisor, a channel-focused podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. I'm Jim Roddy, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, this is a special quick take episode of the pod where we're going to take about 20 or 25 minutes to feature one RSP member who will speak at the RSPA Academy Education Online Symposium August 26th and 27th. The symposium will feature more than 20 education sessions and dozens of expert presenters, including today's guest, Jeremy Julian, the Chief Operating Officer of VAR ISV Hybrid, CBS North Star in sunny Orange County, California. Jeremy, what is going on? What is going on? You you must be a, a fan of the podcast. Uh, you know you got to got to throw that. What is going on? I got no uh, Ryan Williams across from me, so I, <laughs> I just have the uh, the famous Jim Roddy hanging out with me today. Well, glad to have you here. Famous or infamous, happy to take uh, whatever comes my way. And Jeremy is also the host of the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Strongly recommend uh, that you listen to that, whether you're a VAR and ISV, a vendor, and you can recommend that to your merchants as well. So we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later, but let's talk first about these uh, RSP symposium. So Jeremy's going to be part of the lead-off industry expert keynote panel, where we're going to focus on pivoting after COVID-19. The other panelists include Dan Jablons of VAR Retail Smart Guys and Brenda McCurry of ScanSource, and I'm happy to serve as the moderator for that discussion. So we're not going to steal our thunder and ask Jeremy the same set of questions that we're planning for the panel. So let's start with the challenges pivoting after uh, the COVID crisis. So, Jeremy, what do you see as the biggest challenges for resellers and software developers as they try to move forward? Um, I mean, I, I, there's the obvious ones of just where is the new business going to come from and where is the cash flow going to come from? And I think that, but I think that's quite frankly a a opportunity, regardless of whether whether we're dealing with the COVID crisis. But um, to me, the thing that I've found as I've talked with other resellers is is figuring out where your lane is and and how to stay within your lane. And I think, um, you know, across the board, and I think this is an industry opportunity for all of us is to figure out who we are and who do we want to be to those customers? Because once you understand who you are, it it gets really easy to become really, really good at that. You know, it, you've, you and I have talked multiple times about, uh, about this. And I think, I think we've even talked about it on, on some panels for the RSPA in the past of just figure out who it is that you want to serve and how you want to serve them because you can get really, really good if you are pinpoint accurate with who you want to be. If you try the shotgun approach, oftentimes you go an inch deep and a mile wide instead of a mile deep and, and an inch wide. And, and I think that that coming out of COVID, really understanding who your clients are and who, who you're serving and how you're serving them is an opportunity for all ISVs and, and um, resellers out there. Can you paint a picture of what you mean by knowing your lane? Like, I mean, you can use yourself as an example in terms of CBS focusing on the restaurant vertical. Is that essentially what you're talking about, like being laser focused on that vertical? It is, but I would also um, hone it down even, you know, I would ask the, the why question or the, or the what question two or three times. It is not just the restaurant vertical, but I can tell you exactly who our clients are. Our clients are what we call icon restaurants. Icon restaurants, the date night, the place that everybody wants to go to, that everybody in town knows that restaurant or chain restaurants. Those are the only two things that we want to service. You know, they've got to have 10 or more restaurants or Icon, you know, it's up on the hill. It's it's the Gladstones in Malibu that's doing $20 million and every celebrity is on TMZ going to that to that property. Gladstones is a, is a key target customer for us, as is... Um, as are the chain restaurants, you know, the Cheesecake Factory happens to be a client that, that has 200 of them nationwide. We started with them when they were 30. 
but part of why you have to um, you have to get that precise about it is it really focuses your energy of your support team, your sales team, your engineering team, your product development team to really understand who those people are that you're trying to service. You also need to, as an owner operator, evaluate your product catalog, your service catalog to make sure that they're meeting the demands of your target client. You know, everybody wants to be on TV and everybody wants to be, you know, multimillionaire. But if you're if your client, your target audience, your product don't fit those needs, it, it gets really challenging. Um, there's a place for everybody in, in the restaurant vertical. There's 600 restaurant, 600,000 restaurants in the U.S. pre-COVID. Who knows how many are going to reopen after? But there's 600,000 restaurants, so there's enough to go around once you figure out which lane you're in. And so it's not just restaurants, but it's restaurants that I'm targeting full service restaurants that are chains, full service restaurants that are icons are, are what we've targeted as far as our organization. Now, isn't there gonna be a temptation for resellers? First, thanks for painting that picture. I should thank you for answering that question in such detail, but isn't there gonna be a temptation for resellers and maybe even some ISVs to, hey, times are tough, you don't know uh, if your current customer base is gonna be there, to maybe take a step or two outside of where you normally are and spread yourself a little bit broader. Don't you think there's gonna be some temptation uh, to do that because your your current vertical might be shrinking? Absolutely, and I, and I think that that um, we all always need to be evaluating where we wanna go and, and um, you know, in, my, in the intro you talked about, uh, you talked about the fact that we're also an ISV and, Eight nine years ago, we we did make that pivot to offering a more cloud first option because the product that we were offering at the time was not cloud first, and so we still stayed within our lane. The one of the my my sayings that I will tell my team from time to time is 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 people don't drift to where they want to go, they intentionally go there. And so if you are going to do that, don't just take the business because it comes to you, take the business because it's intentionally where you want to go. If you are, are only in restaurants and you choose to go towards the retail vertical for sake of argument, choose to go to the retail vertical, resource it appropriately with both salespeople, engineering people, don't just drift into that location because you're not gonna end up getting the benefit and the, um, the benefit of moving into that vertical would be my my suggestion and my recommendation. Yeah, happenstance and luck aren't exactly a good strategy to follow. Like, we'll see what comes our way, and maybe fate will lead us in the right direction. Yeah, one of the CEOs that I one of the CEOs that I that I work with, he he often says, "Hope is not a strategy." You know, I hope that we're going to be able to do well in the in the retail vertical. No, 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 no. <laughs> the hope is not a strategy. It it, it is. You know, I'm going to intentionally build a business plan. I'm going to go after the retail vertical if that's what I choose to do. Yeah, and I'll give you an example, and I think you'll agree with this. Uh, so an RSPA member who I actually had never met before, uh, just I talked to him last week, and then he joined the RSPA niche and startup ISV community. They're a reseller. They also have their own software as well. They focus only on the wash, dry, fold, laundromat vertical. So not all laundromats, but just anywhere where you can drop off and it's a wash, dry, fold. Now, uh, he's from a family that has laundromats. They have, you know, I can't remember exactly how many clients, but it's a very healthy niche and it's super laser focused. And the name of their company is Wash, Dry, Fold POS, right? Like they couldn't get much more laser focused. And that's, I guess, what you're talking about in terms of that's really what you have to focus on. And that's where you can really win business because you are going to stand out above any Anybody who's coming and offering a, you know, a, a run-of-the-mill uh, POS software, uh, and you're well, going to really focus on a solution to that. 
sorry, there's two pieces to that, and and I'll I'll give Fraker, Mark Fraker, you know, the the credit. You know, the riches are in the niches. I remember him saying that many years ago, and and maybe he wasn't the one that dubbed it. He stole it from somebody else. But I love that idea because it's that niche vertical. The other side is is it creates so much clarity for your team. It creates so much clarity for the people that are working around you with how they're going to spend their energy. Everybody only has 168 hours in a week, you know? And so how do I spend my time and my energy intentionally to go after what it is that I'm trying to go after? Got it, great. And Mark Fraker is the Vice President of Marketing for Blue Star. And that's probably a good time for us to take a quick break and thank our sponsors who support the RSP community and make this podcast and video series possible. Jeremy, you host the podcast. Hope you're admiring the segue that I just very smoothly there. That was there. awesome, and now, I love that. And now I've totally taken off track by calling out <laughs> The segue. Um, our platinum sponsors are, we'll edit that out later, I'm, I'm sure. No, we won't. Uh, our platinum sponsors are Blue Star, Heartland, ScanSource, and Shift4 Payments. Uh, we appreciate them making this podcast possible and also making the symposium that Jeremy uh, will be speaking at possible. To receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, you can email membership at gorspa.org. Um, so, Jeremy, we talked about, um, you know, you said uh, that you want VARs and ISVs to stay in their lane. What mistakes are you concerned outside of not staying in their lane? What uh, mistakes are you concerned VARs and ISVs coming out of COVID might make or maybe your own organization? What are some things that you're watching out for and making sure like, ooh, don't do this coming out of a out of an economic downturn, out of out of a crisis? So the biggest the biggest thing I guess that keeps me up at night and and I'm assuming that many others are going to uh, going to have to address this is the I don't say lack of continuity, but you know we run in a larger organization. And so we've got, you know and and we, we happen to be primarily in California with an office in Texas. but uh, we have, I don't say gotten disconnected, but the momentum of seeing people every day and working together because we were an on-prem organization, um, it's put a huge burden on the leadership to continue to beat that drum as to who we are and who we want to be back to that, that, you know, riches are in the niches and, and really knowing who you are, but really the, the congruency of staying connected to your team members over a screen is really, really challenging. Um, especially with new hires, especially with new, you know, new people coming into the business. It's how do we, um, ingratiate them into the culture and how do we keep the culture the way it was because that is one of you know um culture eats strategy for 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 dinner every day and you know they talk about that in in many other leadership things and how do i keep that culture coming out of covid when the world is not going to operate the same way it did pre-covid that's a good point. There's no more immersion opportunities. And even with no trade shows anymore, right? You get a new employee, it's great. Bring them to the trade show, immerse them. They get to, uh, you know, soak in all this education, all these side conversations, all the technology. But now, like you said, you have to kind of spoon feed it to them radically different. Yeah. One of the, one of our leadership um, team members that was, uh, he's a manager and, and working his way up to being a director. Part of his growth plan in January was he was going to come to retail now. He was going to go to the Epson event. He was going to go to the ScanSource event. These were all on his schedule to go to these events to start to learn 
what else happens? He's been in our industry for 15 years and he finally came to me and said, I really want to grow. How do I grow as part of his annual review or you know, his not even annual review as part of his review processes? Where am I gonna focus my time and energy? And, and I was asking him to be really intentional. And so we laid out the calendar and he had four trips out of town and for nine years that he's been with us, hadn't been, hadn't had that opportunity. And so he was actually just last week, I'm sorry, two weeks ago before I went on vacation, he was bemoaning the fact that he lost an opportunity to do that. And so really for, for us, it's figuring out a different way to go about keeping people ingrained in who we are and what we do. It's, you know, um, and again, I, I feel like a cliche monster today, but, uh, you know, more is caught than taught. And oftentimes when you're around a lot of people, it's easy to catch the culture. It's easy to, to catch the, this is how we act around here conversation. It's a much different conversation when you're dealing with it over the phone or over Zoom or over GoToMeeting or over Teams. However, you're keeping connected with the team members. Yeah, and I know that's a, a big leadership lesson that certainly folks have learned. I really like how you said that in terms of you have to now be more intentional than you were before about sharing your culture, about imparting knowledge uh, upon folks, especially the new hires. That is not going to happen uh, by accident, just like you you referred to earlier. You're not going to just wander your way into competence uh, as a new employer, or someone uh, new employee, or someone who's trying to trying to get better. Um, can we talk about, so I know this isn't the first conversation you and I have had. In fact, this might be like the 10th podcast that you and I have had together. I had a podcast before I came on board here full-time at the RSPA. And so I know you're very much a person of routine and systems. And so how has your routine changed as a business leader because of the COVID crisis? What are you doing less of? And then what are you doing more of either, you know, personally or from a leadership uh, standpoint? Um, the, the, the thing I'm definitely doing more of is more global communication. Um, historically I would talk to my leaders, but people, I would see people by happenstance walking through the halls. I would take multiple trips to our offices in Texas and spend time, spend time doing dinners. And, and, um, after our podcast, I think I have four phone calls that I need to make to do touch points with existing team members. That's more one-on-one. -on -one. And historically that would just happen as I was walking to go get a cup of coffee in the in the lunchroom or or wherever else. I'm, you know, I, I do a lot of um leadership by by walking around, um, a la Sam Walton. But at the same time, um I have turned um turned what used to be a quarterly all all hands into a bi-weekly all hands meeting. That is an open forum discussion so that is a brand new thing that, that we've talked about doing for years and didn't really feel the, that there was a ton of value in getting you know, 40 or 50 people onto a Zoom call for 30 minutes to an hour every two weeks, but it has been critical to keeping the culture, to keeping the things going. Um, and then I'm also a huge fan, and, and Jim, you know me well enough to know that uh, um, you know, you, you know, they, they talk about it when you're on the airplane, not that I've been on an airplane in six months, but uh, they talk about it when you're on the airplane, you know, put on your own, um, oxygen mask before you help others. I am really, really big on on making sure that uh, that I keep myself, um, I guess, energized. And so, working out every day and forcing the behavior of of forcing myself for an hour to do my own routine in the morning is something that I probably wouldn't have done, or I wasn't as disciplined 
pre-pandemic because I know that it's going to be a battle every single day to make really, really tough decisions on where we're at and where we're going. And so those would be two things that that we definitely have um, that I've done more of. And then and then on the flip side, what have I done less of? Honestly, it's it's less um, less walking around, less seeing people, less travel, less you know sales visits. I mean, sale even our sales process has had to change. I used to be able to show up and do a demo, and now it's this: make sure that I you know. And and you and I have talked about this in the past. I won't do a call without video anymore. Be, which never happened prior to, you know, it's like, ah, I don't want to be on video and, and all of that because it was just, it's kind of annoying. And I'd rather just get in the car. I'd rather fly out and go see you and do this, do this presentation or have this meeting. And now it's all about video and, and I can see the person and I can see their facial expressions. And so um, less travel, more video conferencing and, you know, whether it's FaceTime or Zoom or, or GoToMeeting or whatever those different tools are. Uh, and, and it's unfair to ask you to predict, but how do you think this is going to look two or three years from now, I talked to an ISV in Canada who does a lot of sales in the US and he said, like he is not, it's illegal for him to cross the border now and to do an in-person demo. So he's gonna start, you know, he started doing those and he thinks he's gonna do those going forward. Do you see these as potential, you know, again, from a leadership standpoint, do yourself continuing to do these to a certain degree, go back to the way that was before, or do you think it's gonna be somewhere, somewhere in between what it is now, what it used to be? I think it's going to be somewhere in between. Um, I think there's some people, you know, and even whether it's customer facing visits or even in person, you know, I, while we are in an essential business as, as they call it, you know, I don't, I don't know who's less essential, more essential, but we're in an essential business because we serve the restaurant vertical. Um, early in the pandemic, we said absolutely nobody in the office saved myself and, and two or three people that had to ship boxes and things like that. Um, we've started to ease those restrictions to allow people the opportunity to come in should they want to come into the office. And there's some people that are thriving when they've come back into the office. And on the flip side, there are some people that are thriving that we never gave an opportunity to work from home that are that I'm like, I don't want you coming back in the office. You can come in the office once a week. I can see you for two hours just so that I know what your face looks like and we can talk and hang out. And then you need to go back home because you're so much more productive. And so I I can tell you that our leadership team has had to rethink what it is to have a successful employee. Um, so many of them, um, so many of them were measuring based on hours in in a seat, not necessarily based on the the product that they produced. And so it's forced our leadership team to be much more precise about what it means to be an active growing team member and engaging in how you're going to serve our clients and serve each other. Got it. Very good. Very, very well said. And I know of uh, an RSP member who to meet with their team because their team is doesn't like being cooped up. They'll meet in parking lots and kind of sit on the bed of each other's trucks and have meetings that way or grab a lunch or something like that. So like this social distancing thing, but at least being able to, to see each other to that degree. And it sounds like what you're talking about. It's you really have to figure out the individual needs of each employee and then make sure you're meeting them from a business standpoint and also from an emotional standpoint because you really have to to coach the whole person you're employing the whole person not just that's very true i i and and not that many leaders haven't you know haven't had to deal with this but really holistically serving your team has been probably the most emotionally draining part of a part of this pandemic but at the same time it's been the most rewarding to hear some team members talk about how much they realize that we actually care about them as people. They're not a cog in a wheel that's just 
to get stuff done. They truly are part of the organization. Um, you know, I say it every single week, take care of our clients and take care of each other. You know, and those are the two mantras that I continue to beat into people's heads since um, since March. But it's true because you know what? None of us, and and I can't have the same amount of interactions with all of our clients that all 50 or 60 employees can. They are the face of our organization. And if they're not taking care of each other and taking care of our clients, I don't have the opportunity to do what I get to do. Art doesn't have the opportunity to do what he gets to do. All of the leadership, they really are those frontline people that that are that are the face of our organization and need to feel empowered to do what they can to take care of those people and each other. Very, very well said. So my last question for you, Jeremy, we like asking our guests this on the pod from time to time. Uh, can you recommend for our audience a book to read, an online resource to follow, a podcast to listen to that'll help them improve their organization? And I'll steal what should be your first answer, the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast and blog. You should subscribe to that, find it wherever you get your podcasts, go on to the North Star uh, website and find it as well. Uh, but what besides that, uh, what would be a, a resource or resources, Jeremy, you'd recommend to our audience? So I'm going to to give you two podcasts. And again, you know me well, Jim, to know that I, I'm a prolific podcast listener. There yes. are two podcasts that have truly been pivotal this last three months, four months that we've been going through this. And I have no idea when this is going to drop, but it, but we're recording this in late July, is the Patrick Lencioni, the guy that wrote Five Dysfunctions of a Team, you know, Death by Meeting. He wrote so many different books, but he's got a leadership podcast that I just was listening to on my way in this morning um, that he's on episode 50. And his whole organization, he runs a group called the Table Group out of San Francisco or the Bay Area. Um, and not only is he a, a phenomenal author, but his podcast I have shared no less than 30 times over this period. Um, and it's really about organizational health and how do you how do you create organizational health? And it talks because it's it's every week and it talks about the pandemic. Um, so if you're not familiar with with Patrick Lencioni, he is a remarkable author. His organizational health stuff is phenomenal. Ideal Team Players, one of my favorite books. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, and then the other one is one that um, I think is is also been extremely helpful, and it's by Craig Groeschel, and it's the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. And Craig Groeschel, while a pastor, and th that might turn some off because of his faith-based messaging from time to time, 99.9% .9 of the content that he produces on his leadership podcast is all about leadership. He only brings the church and the and his faith into it as sources of examples for how to address those things. But Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast is also one that almost every single month, and he posts one, I think the first Thursday of every month, and then every once in a while he'll intersperse some. So that's only a monthly podcast, but he also has had stuff that I, I sent it to one of those, one of our leaders, and he came into my office crying about how much he was failing as a leader and how much that changed his own leadership um, approach. And I was like blown away. So. Um, those would be two podcasts that I strongly, strongly recommend. But uh, um, in true Jim Roddy fashion, I also put together my recommended reading list. So if anybody's interested in that, send me an email and I'll send you my recommended reading list as well. Good. What's the best way to uh, get a hold of you, Jeremy? What's your email address? Uh, my email address is jeremy.julian, J-E-R-E-M-Y dot Julian, J-U-L-I-A-N at CBS North Star or jeremy at restauranttechguys.com. Got it. Wonderful. And uh, for those of you who weren't watching on the, the video, so first I subscribe to uh, the Craig Cruschel podcast. I 
don't think I subscribe to the Lencioni one. My podcast, I think you and I have talked about this offline. My podcast listening time has dipped since I'm not on an airplane or in, in a, a car as much anymore. Uh, but the books that I have from Lencioni, which I think you recommended all of these to me, The Ideal Team Player, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and then The Advantage, um, Why Organizational Health Trumps Everything Else in business. And so, yeah, very important to make sure your organization is healthy at this point. Technology is important, obviously, customer service and all that stuff and sales are important, but you got to make sure you fundamentally have a healthy organization. And people are struggling right now. I mean, people are stressing. Finding, I remember uh, on an ISV community call that we had for the uh, RSPA, we said, are people concerned about their jobs? How are you talking about that? And one of the ISV executives said, the job is actually secondary. People concerned about their health. Right? They're concerned if they're going to be healthy. They're concerned if their family's going to be healthy. So I guess I'll, I'll end there, Jeremy, in terms of anything to add to that in terms of speaking to your folks in that regard, using these resources to make sure you're communicating that aspect as well. Yeah, I, I, I would encourage all of you leaders out there to understand that you have much more influence than you, than you even know over your team. Be the person that you, you know, act the way that you would want people to see you be the person that you want them to be care for the whole person because you know what yes to your point people are concerned about them their own health people are concerned about schools going back and their kids health and do what do i do when my kids got to go back to school or don't go back to school and how am i going to continue to maintain my job so many of your team members look to you to lead this there is no other better time than in a time of crisis to lead and so i implore all of you that are listening lead. Leadership is um, influence, not position. Continue to influence, continue to, to drive people towards the positive in this world. And we will get through this. I know all of us on this call and on this podcast know that we're going to get through this, but you have two options. You can come out as a better organization or you can come out as a worse organization. You can't, can't come out the same organization that you went in. Yeah. And tying our whole theme together by happenstance, you're not going to come out as a much better organization. It's got to be something that you do intentionally. So, well, Jeremy, thank you very much for uh, connecting uh, with us today. Uh, and that's all the time that we have. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSPA YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate it uh, if you would rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. My personal philosophy, those who are regular listeners, the more stars the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the point of sale channel, register for the RSPA Academy Education Online Symposium, August 26th and 27th. The symposium will feature six tracks, VAR and ISV Executive Education, Marketing, Sales, Customer Experience, Security, and Next-Gen Technologies. We'll also kick off each day with some general session discussions, and that's where Jeremy's going to be featured on that industry expert panel. You can register for the symposium at GoRSPA.org, and then just following the Knowledge tab in the navigation. If you're listening to this before August 7th, the early bird deadline expires August 7th, only $39. So you can like register your entire team uh, and still do it in an affordable fashion. Before we go, thanks again to Jeremy Julian for sharing his wisdom with us today. Jeremy, really appreciate it. Always always great to talk with you. I uh, I tell you all the time, I'm a huge Jim Roddy fan, and I thank you for all that you do for uh, the community and for me personally.
Well, thank you. And I appreciate what the community does uh, for us that we can pass along this information. We also want to say thanks to RSPA Marcom Manager Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website, gorspa.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody.